Welcome back, everyone, to Miss Nyagan Iskwayak. We are the Bookwoman. I am Kayla, one of the amazing Metis women who co host this podcast. And we are back for season two. And this is actually going to be our first guest. And I am joined, hey. as always, with my lovely hosts. They are. I'm Tanya. And, and, uh, <laughs> and our guest, Guy. <laughs> yeah. I guess we should have rehearsed that, but yeah, yeah. it's okay. It's too late. It We've world. committed. We've committed. It's um, all good. It's all good. It's there. <laughs> Want to introduce yourself? Like, you know, how, how we do? I don't know. I guess I can introduce myself, like, actually, can I introduce myself in Cree? Is yeah, oh, sure. Go for it. Okay. Okay, right. and then I'll translate to English because I'm assuming not everybody speaks Greek. <laughs> so, Tanse Sky Natsigasin Pakchuansik Wotsinia. I guess that's all I'll say. I'll just leave with that. I don't want to go into like this large Cree tangent because, <laughs> like, give a native a mic, they'll just go. <laughs> <laughs> so my name is Sky. I'm from Fishing Lake Métis Settlement. And uh, we met through the Mamawi Project back in 2019? July of 2019. Yeah. So, nice. so um, Sheila, what is the Mamawi Project? I don't think I've ever 100% asked you what that is. Oh, yeah. Mm. The Mamawi Project is um, a collective of like Métis youth-ish, uh, I, like folks that are doing, yeah, like I'm, I'm included. So like, I'm not, I'm not youth. <laughs> People who are doing really cool things from across um, Turtle Island. Um, there's different projects that people are working on. And there was a kind of a homecoming um gathering um last summer um and that's when i met sky and it was like all these different metis people from across our traditional homelands in the west i don't want to say from all over but yeah from all over and um yeah it was really awesome we got to go visit these like Métis, like, his, like, historical sites, like, all kind of around Saskatoon. We went to my parents' farm. Um, and, yeah, then we got chatting, whatever, and Sky was like, yeah, I wrote a book. And I was like, oh, my God, I have a podcast where we talk to people who write books. So then now here we are. <laughs> Yeah. Is that how it went on your end, Sky? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Sky version of meeting Sheila. Yeah, I feel like that's how it came about. But I'm like really super like humble about like I don't tell people that I do like anything. I know. <laughs> like I think there's so many people who are like, what do you do? And I'm like, technically, like I'm a youth worker, but I do like all these other things. So when we were, like, talking about ourselves, I think somebody seen it on my Instagram, and they were like, did you write a book? Or I had it, I pulled it out to take pictures of it in Saskatoon <laughs> to post it on, like, 
my little Facebook thing because I like to give like updates on like what I'm doing. And then somebody's like, did you write a book? And I was like, yeah, but I don't like tell anybody about it. <laughs> like yeah. super humble native. <laughs> don't tell nobody anything. Yeah, it's like, wait, what is, wait a second. What's this book on your social media? And I know like when you were like, yeah, uh, here's my book. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> Like, yeah, I was like, I'm going to slip it under your door. Don't talk to me about it. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I'm just so, like, critical of people reading my work and being like, this is trash. It's like, ah. Uh. Can we talk a little bit about what your book's about? I yes, we can. took a quick, like, I peeked at it and I love it. So I want to hear more about it. Yeah. Oh my god. I can't even remember when I wrote my book. It was a few years ago. It was just kind of on a whim. I was just like, you know what? I'm going to write a book. And then I pretty much wrote a book. But I had no idea like how to go about it. I was just like writing it on a piece of paper. And then I was like, I'm just going to do it. And I ended up doing it. I self-published Nietzsche's out there don't do that don't follow in my footsteps send it to some send it to like send it to people like don't do what I did <laughs> I made a mistake we'll um, return to that. <laughs> yeah <laughs> kind <of> mistakes <laughs> tell us uh, tell us what it's all about for the listeners so they can go and buy a copy oh God. yeah so I guess I wrote my my book I I feel like it's it talks about death like I'm not gonna sugarcoat it like but I feel like a lot of indigenous people in indigenous communities deal with death like quite a bit and I wanted something out there that you know sees sees death but not as like a negative thing I always felt like there's this in like negative connotation to death and like you know and a lot of our kids deal with death and um it was it was like in a time in my community where I noticed that like you know I swear we were having like so many deaths and I think that like a lot of our kids weren't like coping properly with it so I was like is there anything out there like so I couldn't really find anything that was coping with like indigenous communities and death so I wrote this book that, you know, my character Cora starts from a kid and like any true indigenous storyteller, it starts from like when they're young and goes full circle until she's like an old person. And well, and um, a lot of the people in my book, I base them all around my family. And you know, I based um, some of the grandkids on my grandparents that I never met. Uh, the grandmother and grandmother in the book are actually named after my parents. And um, yeah, the main character's name is Cora. And she's based off of like, you know, I had like, and take me in at 16 at a really terrible time in my life. So I felt because she helped me so much in that time. I was like, and I never really thanked her for that. I was like, this is like the ultimate, like, thank you. Like, you know, you're, you're now in my book. 
and she was really excited about it and yeah in the and I just love the illustrations in my book it's a very vibrant colorful book even though we're talking about like such a grim topic yes <laughs> I'm gonna like I felt like I threw a lot at you so I'm just gonna <laughs> for a minute that's okay we like it I do want to like take a little pause um, can you tell us the age range for your book? And also, I know you're working with an illustrator, and I checked out their Instagram, and it's pretty awesome. Can you give a plug out to them as well? Oh, yes. Her name is Grace Savory Parkman. When I met her, she was doing illustrations, but now she's a tattoo artist. So if you're in the Calgary area, go check her out. Her Instagram's Grace Avery Tattoo cool amazing oh that's awesome her her tattoos are also amazing oh my goodness I can't remember what ages I said but I think that it should be like a nine plus (laughs) like it is a fairly long book and then there's like large stretches of reading so I feel like nine and over would really appreciate it yeah I was gonna ask you like how how did people feel about like being in your book but if they're really excited and it's a thank you gift then that's so beautiful did they know that they that you were writing about them yeah I only like I asked my cousin Cora if she was totally cool with it and I casually asked my mom like what she would think about it and she was just like, I guess. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> like, and But she never actually got to read it or see it until, like, it was actually published. Oh. Yeah, she's, like, taking a leap of faith that I'm actually a good writer. <laughs> wow. Like, she, she saw the illustrations, and I think she was like, eh, okay, why not? And how the illustrations are so cute. I'm just dying here. I'm looking at her tattoo page and like need to maybe make a trip down to Calgary. I love it. So Sky, you also mentioned that we, we do tend to ask people for advice to other noobs, I guess. What was it like getting your thing published? Honestly, it was a really long process, and I didn't know anybody who published the book. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had, like, limited resources, like, being a kid from the bush, it's kind of like, okay, like, how do I go about this? And I was, like, really trying to figure it out. And so, pretty much, I went through the self-publishing route and tried that out won't do that again (laughs) but yeah uh i tried that i bought it published but it it cost quite a bit of money that's why i don't recommend it like there are so many i think now if i were to know what i know now and if i were to republish this book or if i were to write another book which i probably will someday I would go through like a small like indigenous publishing company and just like 
really just try to stick with like I think especially since you're dealing with like indigenous content you should go with indigenous publication but that's just my opinion but I think that's where I'd go now yeah so since you self-published how did you get your books out your book out there to bookstores or distributors just in case our readers want to also buy your book because it's a picture book and what is the title of it uh, so the title of it is called Spirits of the Northern Lights. Cause, oh, yeah. Very nice. So right now I have my books in Edmonton at Audrey's bookstore. And I just, um, I'm waiting for a few library systems in the Lakeland to pick up my book and put them in their libraries. So that's super exciting. Yeah, mostly it's online, but I always tell people like literally buy your books from me because it is super expensive to buy from Freeze and Press. I feel like the shipping is like $20 and I don't feel like anybody should take that hit. <laughs> like, like just buy from me, I'll just send it to you. Like 95% of the time I'm like actually like hand delivering it to people. So that's the way to go just cut everyone else out can we revisit the death topic because that is obviously something i'm super obsessed with so <laughs> sky i don't you don't know too much about me but i that's actually my phd topic is metis experience of um, religion and death dying all that fun stuff so i would love to know um or if you could explain to everybody what are the connections between death and the spirits of the northern lights i think a lot of the pieces in the book really reflect a lot of like what my dad taught me about like you know northern lights and you know not whistling at night like that's in there and i'm like gotta let the natives know <laughs> don't be whistling <laughs> out there <laughs> and i really just wanted to like pass that on because I felt like there was like so many people when I was like writing this that there was like so many not just like urban indigenous folks but like also rural indigenous folks didn't hear those stories like I did growing up so I was like interesting so that I was like I gotta bring it back <laughs> so that was like a really big factor into this and I think that's why I decided to write about it because of course like not a, well um, nobody reading listening to this knows but my dad had passed away at 16 so when I was 16 so it was like this almost like I don't want to say it's like an obsession with death but it's just always been like huh interesting and you know I feel like when you lose somebody that close you need to like find some sort of coping mechanism so because when I was 16, like, you know, I didn't find, like, Indigenous books talking about death or really anything like that. So that's kind of also why I wrote this book, because I know that there was, like, a lot of, there's, like, a lot of kids in our communities that deal with death. And how we cope with it is, like, could be not necessarily good or bad, but it's just how you cope, I guess. Must have been really I, healing to write this, hey? Yeah, I felt like it was. <laughs> um, yeah, it was really, it was really good to write this, especially like doing the editing, even for like the, the illustrations as well. Like, 
I was like, yeah, they always got to wear like a buckskin jacket because I feel like my dad was always like repping that. <laughs> so, I didn't know that you could edit the images. That's so cool. Why wouldn't you be able to edit the images? I, you know, well, I don't even know. Book. I never thought about that. <laughs> well, okay. That just so just blew my mind. Like the author will send you like a draft and they'll be like, this is what I have. Mm -hmm. um, well, I guess like for me and Grace, I went through this. Um, I pretty much told her she could have free range on whatever she decided. But I gave her like vague descriptions of what I thought they should look like. I was like, this is kind of what I see, but I'm also not a person that's like, it has to be like this, 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 and this. It's like, I wanted her to have some, her own creativity and her own style. And I thought that was super important. So I was like, you know, I want them to wear a buckskin jacket. I want to see color. I want to see animals. I want to, I just want a lot of color. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and even like the clothes too. Um, like the grandparents are usually like in a skirt or like something traditional, like a button up. Cause that's always something I saw growing up. But as the story continues, like it becomes more modern what they wear. It is a very colorful and very, I guess like soft illustrations or like heavier topics. So yeah, it's really, it's not a contrast. It's like all sort of like the same thing. It's like, it, you can be like soft, and like talk about death and it's okay and like we know what's going to happen as we progress you know through through life and it is a it is a cycle right so I thought that it was just like really like I'm glad that you didn't sugarcoat it in this conversation or in the book so it's great well I just think that we all deal with death mm -hmm. and it is what it is like you know like we're not making it out of here <laughs> like, so <laughs> like it's just a life cycle and I don't think that we should look at it negatively we shouldn't look at like you know getting old as a negative thing or you know um because I think that there's like just so many negative connotations around like oh my god you're aging like that's terrible and it's like okay well I can't stop it I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> so there shouldn't be like anything negative about getting older it's just be like you know we're all here for the ride so yeah it's just yeah it's great to see something coming out from like an indigenous person about indigenous experiences with death especially for children like both my parents passed away before I was 18 and I remember working with like social workers because I was on my own and had nobody else was already living by myself but they're like here's this paperwork about dying and here's what you should know from a western perspective about being an orphan <laughs> like that's pretty much what it was it's like there you go have fun don't forget to check in with your uh, caseworker so <laughs> literally though like i can relate so much to that because it was like when my pat when my dad died passed away it was like okay here's this little black and white pamphlet about like so your dad is dead and it's like thanks <laughs> like, yeah. it just happened 10 minutes ago I feel so much better <laughs> by this little pamphlet it's it's gonna save me <laughs> like oh and God. yeah like what's gonna save you oh. yeah and it's just like like coping mechanisms and it's all like go to therapy and I'm not I'm not hating on therapy but I'm like 
go for a walk. <laughs> and it's like, okay. And it's like, thank you, little pamphlet. Like, you've really helped me out and opened my eyes to death. And I want to thank you, whoever wrote this. And I'm just like, I want to throw this in the fire. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> and <laughs> I feel like it's just so... Uh, it's not like brought to you in like an indigenous way. It's more like if I saw like a guy in a buckskin jacket on a horse give me this pamphlet, I think I would have felt a different way, but I didn't. <laughs> so, and it was just like this very Western thing of coping with death. And that's not how it really went for me. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it goes a lot that way a lot with like indigenous people. No, that's something that I've been thinking quite a bit the way that we even talk about the people who have passed in our families is very different than they do in quote unquote Western society, right? Because what happens, especially within Christianity, once you die, you become like this, this martyr, you become an angel, right? Whereas like in Métis or my family, like, you know, if you're an asshole in life, you're an asshole in death too. Like, we're not going to change who you are once you die. Like, you're not going to turn into some saint for us, you know? like you're still gonna be a dick and that's okay you know because it gives us feeding it feeds us more stories right so it gives us that opportunity to laugh and and use our our sense of humor to to heal from those moments all right i don't know if anybody else can relate to this but <laughs> um i noticed like when i talk to like other natives about this you know when you're like oh so and so died and like your first reaction is not to say oh, I'm sorry. It's like, well, how? Like, what happened? Like, you know, you have to, like, know how they died. It can't be like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm going to send flowers. It's like, oh, no. Did, like, they fall down the stairs? Like, what happened? <laughs> and it's like, what? <laughs> it's like, no. <laughs> but it's just, like, happens. <laughs> yeah. I out because like like I have that too and I'm like oh like if I don't know the situation I'm like wow you know like there's there's yeah yeah my cousin just passed away like two weeks ago not even and when my other like cousin called me to tell me I was just like I didn't even it, it, I was not shocked, first of all. They're like, oh, he passed away. I was like, oh, how? That was pretty much what came out. I was like, because, you know, he had, he had definitely lived an uh, interesting life. And I was like thinking, you know, drug overdose, something like that. And they're like, oh, no, he was just walking to the store and had a heart attack. I'm like, really? That's how? <laughs> That's how? <laughs> I think, like, Native people's approaches to death is very interesting because I feel like we need to know like every detail of like what happened like oh this happened was there clouds in the sky like you know <laughs> like yes. yeah. I, I need to know every detail like you know just like there's CSI or, or something but it's like a bunch of cookums in the kitchen <laughs> and I think too like after as well when somebody passes away it's always like I know I've there's kind of this thing in my family where nobody ever says that they're going to have this giant funeral. Like nobody plans for the big funeral. It's not like everybody goes all out and there's like a luncheon after and it's in a big church. Like I was literally talking to my auntie. I'm like, so are we all getting together? Are we having like the wake for three days? And she was like, nah. And I was like, okay, so what, what's up? What's happening? And she's like, oh no, he's just, I'm going to throw him in the river behind the house. I was like, <laughs> 
She's like, and that's yeah. the way I'm going too. I'm like, okay. And then she's like, your parents wanted the same thing. I was like, okay, why didn't everyone tell me this? Just like, yeah, just yeah. throw, throw me out in the pond. And that was, that's all my family. Like when I'm like, oh yeah. Like, you know, when the time comes, they're like, yeah, just put me out in the back 40. Like me under yeah. a tree. You know, Nobody wants these big funerals or yeah. anything like that. My family's the same way, except like depending on when you pass away or when you die, like we sometimes you gotta wait for a full season to be able to like go and put the body in said lake or said, you know, field or wherever. Yeah. It's always kind of uh, interesting to explain to other people. Like, yeah, I got my grandma's body here. It's it's all good. When uh when my partner died, um like eight years ago. Uh, it was December, and I was like, oh, we are not burying these ashes, like, right now. Like, mm-hmm. nobody is freezing. Like, this is stupid. Like, well, wait. Nobody's going to a graveyard in my 35. Like, that's stupid. And on the other hand, like, my dad, they're Ukrainian Orthodox, and it's like, no, even if it's the winter... It was like you're outside freezing to death with a priest while they're like interning the body, like with the incense flying back and forth, and everyone's just sitting there shivering, like, when will this end? <laughs> like, oh man, <laughs> hilarious! Yeah, <laughs> we just really we just like, like got on this tangent. <laughs> Let's talk about death. Oh man, oh, yeah, <laughs> I know. And like, when death I, and dead bodies, right? I would have. Like when I was pitching, like when we were brainstorming and throwing out ideas, I was like, "Oh, we definitely got to get Sky. She's like one of the funniest people I know." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's talk about death in comedic ways. Yeah, totally. <laughs> oh man, speak. Anyway, it's fine. It's all good. It's part. It's a part of it, right? It's all a part of the process. Yeah. Other things that you've been up to since last I've seen you, you went back uh, to school. Yeah, I did. I went back for my master's in Indigenous languages. Yeah. Nice. So you have <laughs> your undergrad is in... I, I have my undergrad in Cree language, and uh, that was a lot. <laughs> and <laughs> I... I took a year off and was just like, I should go back to school and have a full-time job. That seems like a great time. And that's what I'm doing. So it's not all bad though. Like I love like learning about linguistics and like, especially indigenous linguistics. So I'm enjoying myself. Does that mean you're going to translate your own book? one day (laughs) I would love to like (laughs) translate it but I also would love to have like an audio book that would be dope yes and would you want to read it no I feel like because I think it would be cool in my opinion if like as the because Cora narrates the whole book is if like a young person to like you know, a teenager, adult to like a cook and like if her voice were to change throughout the book, like she changes throughout the book, I was like, that would be deep. But we'll mm-hmm. see. One day when I got money. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever that comes. Yeah, fair enough. Have you ever thought of that just sparked a 
thing in my brain. So because my kids, I have two kids at home, they are doing online school right now. And a lot of their homework is actually watching YouTube videos of authors reading their books. Is that something that maybe you would think about doing? So I could make them watch that book instead. <laughs> <laughs> ah, this is news to me that authors are doing this. <laughs> ah, yeah, some authors are yeah. doing it. And then the, uh, librarians, all sorts of different videos that we have or I have to sit and watch. <laughs> some of them are okay, but most of them aren't. <laughs> oh, damn. Yeah, I feel like if there was enough like push, nah, I think I would like you know, sit down and do it. I feel like I'm so awkward reading my own stuff. Like, I had, like, this one school reach out to me and was like, can you come, like, do a reading of your book? And I was like, plot twist. How about you guys read my book? I'll come in and answer questions. <laughs> so it's like, I'm just too awkward reading my own book. <laughs> That's okay. You don't need to. No, you don't need to. I know Sheila is a librarian working in a public library. Do you do programs like that? Like story time programs? Um, yeah. I, I, uh, yes, but that's not the main th thing of my job right now. You know, I'm volunteering everyone to do things. I know, <laughs> right? In that kind of mood. Oh, God, <laughs> what is this? I don't know. It's, it's the mom in me, I guess. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm also, I've also volunteered Sky at different times. Like, uh, why aren't you like hosting a comedy thing like why aren't you like writing like a comedy youtube thing like what are you doing like get it together oh i know so many people have asked me like how come you're like not on tiktok yet and i was like god <laughs> i want to be able to work <laughs> like i'm I don't want to be like, oh, I'm already so out there. Like, I'm already had, like, people that I've worked with, like, doing stuff with my book with that are like, so I Googled you. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. And they're like, oh, I see you do this other stuff. And it's just like, ha, huh, interesting. So then I was like, like, yeah, I can never do, like, a TikTok or do YouTube or anything because then I'm like, I'll become a meme. <laughs> Everyone will and find you. Everyone will find me. And yeah, so it's like, I can't. Fair enough. Yeah, that TikTok life, it's addicting. <laughs> As somebody who uh, is definitely on there, and now uh, my husband has also gotten onto TikTok and has been making his own videos um, on TikTok, which make, they are so cringy. And every time I see that he's put up a new video, like the last one, he was singing in it. And I was like, what is happening right now? <laughs> so they're just so cringy, but like literally because he's still in Alberta, I'm in BC. We like fall asleep sending TikTok videos to each other oh at night. And that he just sent me eight of them while I was on this call, <laughs> like TikTok videos. Does he like <laughs> post them or does he just send them to you? No, like the videos that he creates, he actually like posts them. And he <laughs> Let's has shout him out. <laughs> he has eight followers on TikTok. <laughs> Let's get him. Let's get him fifteen followers. <laughs> and it's all it's all TikToks about his cars too, or like him driving his car. I'm like, what is this? 
Yes. Yeah. But it's like, I I really do like indigenous TikTok though. I'm following like a few people on like Indian TikTok, indigenous TikTok, and I am like totally loving it. And I, you know, there's people that are just like doing like powwow dancing, stuff like that. And then there's some comedians on there who I like, they are so funny. And some of them, I like watch it. I'm like, yes, that's me. The recent one that I've been watching that I got sent, like, I think easily, like, more than 10 times is that guy listening to Fleetwood Mac and, like, drinking cranberry juice. Yes. I was like, that man. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I haven't even seen or heard of that. Oh, yeah. He's just drinking and, like, singing or? No, he's just, like, listening. He's just listening to Fleetwood Mac and like he's like I don't know if he's like on a scooter or something but then he just starts like randomly like lip syncing to it. <laughs> yeah. But then like somebody posted it on Twitter and like like tagged Fleetwood Mac in it and they were like we love this and I'm like he made it guys. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. I was, I'm always like yes native succeeding. <laughs> like so weird i'm like is this a ocean spray commercial what is this oh man we all feel like posted a promo code that said buy like ocean spray cranberry juice for 10 percent off i'd be like you're native i'm gonna support that (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna go to the store right now drive the 45 minutes i got you Speaking of memes, Sky, that's another thing you do, hey? Yeah, but I'm slacking. I know. It's okay. What are you doing? <laughs> something? Like, what the hell? Don't you got, like, a full-time job in, like, university? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, I'm slacking <laughs> on my memes. Do you want to plug your meme pages or nah? Well, obviously, I do Cree content, so some of my some of my Cree stuff is like my own memes, or I find resources. I just made it one year for a class and haven't given it up, so might as well not give it up. I have six hundred followers on there, which I'm like, ah, you know, when I had like eight followers for like a month, I was like, yes, I'm making it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's been good. <laughs> My followers are good to me. So that Instagram is called Cree Language Challenge. I don't post on there as often as I should. But usually some people will message me and ask me questions. And I'm usually pretty, I'm usually pretty good at getting back to people. If I don't know, because <laughs> I'm still a non-fluent speaker, I'll try to, I'll try to like solve these questions for people. <laughs> I also run an Indigenous meme page after many requests usually like once people requested enough i feel like i give up and i'm like yeah i'll do it <laughs> so that's called like krioka mouse that's another meme page i do it's just mostly me making jokes about uncles lately because i think it's like hilarious <laughs> what's the favorite meme that you've created or your most popular meme it's this one cree meme that i made and it's like a based off like a joke well not even a joke it's based off a real situation so i think how you say jacket in cree is like 
Mistutagai or no, that's already wrong. <laughs> that's already wrong. But <laughs> there's already like gonna be Cree speakers on here like oh was <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> Take her degree. <laughs> but like this Cree speaker kept saying it to me and you know you gotta try to repeat it and I like froze because it's like the two of them are looking at me in the face and are like, you're the next generation of Korean speakers. And I said like, ni sota guy. And I was just like, oh my God, I did not mean to swear. And like, <laughs> and they like burst out laughing at me. And I was just like, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. Throw me out the window. Damn. <laughs> Oh, but I got over it. But I swear, like sometimes they see me in the hallways and just like laugh. <laughs> no, I think your cream, your memes are so good. Like I just love them. Well, we're gonna post links to them too, because like that was like a really like bonding experience, like for all of us, like with Mamui, because like we we started off like with some intro poetry readings, which was cool, and uh, and like I'm. I don't know, I'm just like an idiot and like I came for me to like read my poem that like I was handed and we we're like talking about it and I was like, uh, this is kind of like, you guys know that meme? <laughs> and then like, I, like the whole thing was just like, what are your fave like, like Indian meme pages? And like, yeah, so really, um, really important discourse for the cultural moment that we are in as modern indigenous people um we are on that internet and we are creating content and we're hilarious and like you're on that internet right now we are on that internet we are modern day women (laughs) yes i'm actually in an article that isn't published yet but i'll give them a shout out now it's called Teach Magazine, and there's an article on there about Indigenous memers, and they they talk to like me, like Walking Eagle News. There, I think there's like about five of us on there, and I don't even know how I got on this. You guys, you like compared to Walking Eagle News, like they're amazing, <laughs> and then there's like me. <laughs> yeah, so check that out. I think that comes out in October, so. Oh, well, who knows when we'll release this. So, like, don't even, don't even trip. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be fine. Like, I'm I'm pretty confident that most people listening to this will know what Walking Eagle News is. But can you tell us a little bit about what that actually is? For those who don't know. Those who are not in the loop. Who are not in the Indigenous know. Uh, yeah, I just stumbled upon them on Twitter one day because I follow like a lot of like sassy natives on Twitter because I'm like, that's all I want yeah. is like sassy natives. Like, I don't want nobody else. And somebody started just retweeting them, and I was like, yeah, it's like, who is, who are these people? And yeah, it's just like they write like satire articles about everything. And they're just so amazing. They don't really make memes, but they just, like, write, like, the most, 
like native <laughs> satire news and it's amazing i feel like it's the only news i want to see because it's like i'm like yes like other than aptn this is the only thing i want to see <laughs> <laughs> it's always the best when walking eagle posts something and then somebody doesn't get that it's a satire and you just like the comments on like their facebook or something or just like it's just it's like almost like when people don't get the beaver tid too and they're just like going off and you're like you don't realize that this is a satire and it's not actually yeah <laughs> yeah i was gonna say it's like the beaver tin or the onion yeah it's yes. like the native onion <laughs> yeah, yeah it's great yeah. and it's so funny when people are just like what is this and getting mad and it's like yes yeah. I like how we're just like disturbing the colonial structure right. <laughs> with our nativeness. <laughs> with our humor. Also, you um you messaged me like very early COVID and you were like, hey, how do I make a podcast? And I was like, oh, it's so easy. You just act like an idiot on the internet and record <laughs> it and then and put it on the internet again. Right. <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah. I was looking at your meme page just again. I was like, oh, I see this meme. I was like, when you finally create that podcast exposing your uncles. And I was like, yes. <laughs> yes. I feel like some uncles need to be exposed. Yes. <laughs> yes, they do. And so maybe Ooh. maybe that will, will be something that comes from this like uh, episode. We'll all another podcast because we all like being really busy. So, yeah. yeah. Like... I think for like the since like last year some like some people have been asking me to make a podcast forever just like let's just make a podcast let's see where it goes like you know just like <laughs> and like the last like week I've been really like thinking about it like can we just get like four aunties in a room give them like a glass of wine you know, post on social media, like, what do you guys want us to talk about? And because I feel like as Native women, like, where I, I know for me, like, I'm very outspoken. And like, I'll talk about anything. Like, I'll talk about my dating life. I'll talk about like, anything. I'll talk about like, rude uncles. <laughs> I'll talk about drunkles. I don't care. Like, I'll talk about whatever. <laughs> We've all have drunkles. <laughs> That's a thing. Okay, so this is what we're gonna do. Like, sounds it's... like the native view or something, you know? But with oh alcohol, <laughs> with wine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we'll only get one glass because I feel like the minute like that, there's more than one. <laughs> then like Shit we're just gets gonna real. start exposing yeah. people. <laughs> oh hey. <laughs> You know, because then it turns into, like, a coffee sesh, then it turns into, like, a tea sesh, then it's just, like, let's just, like, rip people to shreds. <laughs> like, that's not But, yeah. Anyway, we'll put that on the to-do list. We're going to all do that. It's been decided. And so, what are you working on uh, these days besides, like, going to school and doing a full-time job? What else? What else you got? There's got to be way more than that. Yeah, that's not enough. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I got a dog. Her name's Sophie. That's, like, another thing that I have to deal with. 
like dog kids because I don't have real kids. <laughs> They're great. Except for Sophie. She's like a hellion. Really? Oh no. Yeah, she's evil. <laughs> she's up shoes, <laughs> moccasins, anything. She's but yeah, I was like laughing because when I picked her up, I was like, You're going to the res and then she cried and I was like, just <laughs> kidding. You live beside the res. <laughs> <laughs> and then she was like okay with that <laughs> and I was like but we're pretty much in a res <laughs> I live in Fishing Lake so it's a little Métis settlement in Alberta there's like only eight but if we look like one kilometer that way <laughs> that's where the res starts <laughs> well not even like a kilometer like half a kilometer <laughs> yeah I'm related to some people at Buffalo Lake so Oh, me too. Yeah. Maybe we're cousins. Maybe. Are you a house at all? <laughs> no. Oh, oh, the throat. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry, I thought I turned off my mic. No, I'm not. That's okay. I, but, did, I knew somebody that lived at Buffalo Lake and they were like, oh yeah, who you really do of the houses? And they're like, mm, my daughter dated a house once. And I was like, oh, I'm backing away from this conversation. <laughs> yeah. I remember yeah. my daughter dated this house 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, that's like pretty that. much how that went. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm related to any houses, but I don't know. My uncles date a lot of girls, and so maybe we are. <laughs> maybe. I'm going to do a whole podcast about it. It's the uncle. She is exposing the uncles right now. <laughs> uh-huh, uncles, cousins. <laughs> My cousins will be like, Tisk. <laughs> hey, can we talk a little bit more about your self-publishing experience? I feel like we need to flesh this out a little more. We can. We can talk about how <laughs> I spent a lot of money. <laughs> I'm saying, like, like, reopen those wounds. No, <laughs> <laughs> well, if they're wounds, we need. We don't need to reopen them. <laughs> 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 well like they weren't like Freezen Press isn't like I'm not hating on Freezen Press like <laughs> I think that they're a good company but knowing what I know now would I go back with them like no I just decided randomly I think they were recommended to me by somebody that's how I knew about them because I wanted to work with a Canadian company you know somebody was just like oh I published with Freezen Press so you should totally publish with Freezen Press and I was like okay cool and I don't know why I decided to go through the way of like self-publishing. I think it's just because I found it really hard to deal with pub like publishers and well because also like I had no idea what I was talking about. Like I was like, hey, I have this book and you know these illustrations, but I don't know what to do with them and Freezen Press was really good at being very helpful and I think like that's one thing that I can give to them is that they did teach me a lot but it cost a lot so that's how come I tell people like learn from my mistakes don't do what I did but yeah so they did teach me quite a bit about publishing and like what publishers are looking for so I'm really grateful to them for that but it did I found that it took a long time because I then had to like 
pay off my publishing fees, my self-publishing fees. And then, of course, you know, they edit it. They do all sorts of things. But then I felt like that took a very long time. I think it took almost like a whole year. So I pretty much gave them my book and then it took them a year just to be like, oh, it's done and ready to publish. Like, <laughs> So then after that, I was like, ah, I ain't that excited about it. <laughs> Aww. I can't so believe excited. it was that long. Like, I don't know what the average timeline kind of is. I know, well, for academic, it's about a year, a year plus, depending on how big the book is. It's also, yeah, it's one of those things where you do it and then you kind of forget about it and then you're like, mm-hmm. or you completely change your mind in some cases and you're like, oh, I shouldn't have published that. <laughs> yeah, I feel like for me, I was just like, yeah, this costs a lot of money. So then I was like, hmm, but then I was like, no, like it's out there and whatnot. And I think like what's really cool about Reason Press is because like they are a large company. So it's what like, people have purchased my like book from Australia which I'm like that's so cool like people are even even people in the UK and I was like wow is there like native people in the UK because that's amazing <laughs> and, um, <laughs> I think like that was really cool because you can see like where your book has went to and I was like oh that's really exciting so that's really sad. Yeah. The publishing industry can just kind of take like spirit out of you. <laughs> Seems like. Yeah. Like, I was discouraged for a long time there, but I think like why I felt really discouraged is because I felt like there were like people after putting in their two cents being like, well, you should have put to this company or this company. You shouldn't have went here. You could have saved like money here. And I was like, well, that would have been great a year and a half ago. Yeah, where were you then? Yeah, and I felt like people were just kind of, like, very discouraging. Like, as much as I had people supporting me and saying, like, oh, this is amazing, there were also, like, some people who were like, oh, you could have did this or you could have did that. And you're always going to have those critiques, which I understand. But then it was just kind of like, Hmm, okay, thank you. <laughs> thank you for your opinion. Like, that's not necessary all the time, you know? Like, we, there's a lot of haters out there, is what I'm trying to say. And like, people who, like, well, where were you when I needed this advice? Like, I feel like those types of people are in the same boat as devil's advocates. Like, we just mm-hmm. don't need them. Like, shoot them off into space. We don't need those, those <laughs> groups. Yeah. And I think, like, I'm really fortunate that I have a really tough skin. So I'm just like, oh, okay, that I can brush those things off. But I think that there are some like people who do try to publish and then somebody just like, you know, tears apart their whole book or gives them all these critiques that they didn't ask for mm-hmm. and then feel like discouraged from like publishing again. And I think like that's really sad. And I think that's where we need to be more positive and more like, you know, I do feel like there is a lot of negativity, especially like coming from natives and like that's not me being like, we're all negative. It's just like everybody wants to put in their two cents and it's like we don't need that. <laughs> so do you have any kind of tips or advice for anybody who might want to be publishing children's books or books in general? Like do your research more. I think like I was just like, you know, really excited. 
Um, I also say really look into who you want to illustrate because I think that a lot of artists have different styles and that's always great but like you have to get a style that you like or somebody does and also pay them like what they're worth as well because I feel like a lot of illustrators like you know put a lot of work and a lot of time into this as well but yeah do your research Mm -hmm. really look into companies ask a lot of questions I feel like I didn't ask enough questions how did you get connected with Grace did you know her before or them before Oh, yeah. I worked with Grace for the summer. Yeah, I was working with a program called Alberta Future Leaders, and they kind of send you off to, like, an Indigenous community for the summer, and you become, like, a youth worker for the summer. So I had, like, done two to three trainings with her, and she was just really, she's just amazing. (laughs) And we've also hung out a few times after the fact, and she's, like, a really good friend, like, and but I just saw that she was like really talented and I was like yes this is like a person that like I want to get like I just really love her style and I know I've told Grace before like if I ever write another book I feel like I would get you to like illustrate it again because I just love her work yeah that's like it's really important to like have those relationships that's like oh we can keep building from what we have you know like that's super that's great and I think it's really important yeah. to, to like support people in like different projects that they're doing does that make sense right it's like it, relationality is important to us or something right right yeah <laughs> it's like we know what we're doing when we Sky, like, I I just wanted to say, like, thank you so much for, like, sharing, like, so much um, a part of you and, like, what uh, you've been working on and, like, these updates. Um, I think this was a really, like, good conversation to have um, in sort of strange, sort of we're used to at times. So, yeah, it's really good to, like, reconnect and, like, chat all things all things you, all things your book, all things how you are doing. So just thank you very much for coming on. And any, any last things that you want to plug? No, I don't think there's anything. I think I, I got Can we get your social media handles? Oh, my goodness. Ah, sure. I'm on Twitter. You can follow me at SkyaPitagosan. I like post real ridiculous stuff on there. Don't take me serious on there. <laughs> uh, I'm also on Instagram as well, and it's also under Sky to Go Sand. And all I post is like random pictures of my dogs. I mean, what is Instagram for other than posting pictures of like your pets? Right? It's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like. There needs to be somebody out there that like collects all these pictures of like res dogs and like just make us just makes an Instagram of just res dogs. I would just follow that page. Oh yeah, they're so cute. Cool. Well, on that note, Matey Auntie's out. Well, thank you everybody for joining us today. We are Mystagam Isquiac. We are the book women and 
definitely check us out for more episodes. We have lots more coming your way. So follow us, follow us on our social medias, and we will see you next time. Bye.